Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field Report. A lot of areas dried up enough to get back to the field midweek here in the center part of the state. Matt and his guys over there at Ursa, they're still waiting to dry out as they got considerably more rain. We got back in planting early bean plots where we had stripped last fall and row freshened this week on Monday already. No-till in the same field though, we had to wait three days to get there. It was pretty amazing how uh, freshening up no-till moved that planting window up almost three days. Getting a, a lot of calls on what should we be doing looking at next week's forecast. Especially the one for Tuesday with the temperatures dipping to 28 degrees and some forecast with snow or snow flower, sh showers in it. To plant or not to plant is the question. Well, let's start with beans. Many of you have asked, should we keep planting beans or hold on to them till the end of next week? The, the first questions I ask are, are these beans protected from SDS? And did you plan to plant the beans early? There's a difference between being treated and being treated for SDS. And even there, the SDS treatment is at a higher rate than the nematode rate. What's evolving is several growers have planted all of their treated beans that they had planned to plant early. What is left is regular insecticide and fungicide beans without an SDS treatment. But the grower wants to keep planting beans due to how nice they're planting. My advice is not to plant these beans until the soil warms up unless you are positive that the field has no SDS issues. There are very few fields that don't have SDS pressure. Guys are saying things like, haven't seen any SDS uh, since 2015. If you had SDS issues in 2015, you still have the fungus and it's still in the soil. We saw fields get hammered by SDS in 2015 that were five years corn on corn prior to going to beans. SDS is that gift that keeps on giving when the conditions are right. That first step is to get the seed infected and the second stage is when we're in that reproductive window and we have a wet spell. The rate of infection is directly correlated to how long it takes these beans to emerge and get up to about V1, V2. My advice, if you want to keep planting beans, go get them treated. SDS wiping out a field mid-August is just gut-wrenching, especially with what price we're looking at for this year's beans. If the beans are treated and you plan to plant them early, I'd keep planting. These beans will not emerge by next Tuesday when the cold temperatures move in. Guys have asked, with this forecast indicating low to no GDUs, will there be a big difference if I wait till the end of next week to plant compared to planting this weekend? Not a lot of difference, but there will be some. When calculating GDUs and we take the high for the day and the low for the day and add them up and calculate that out, there's going to be days that show up on the calculator as zero because both the high and the low didn't tally up to be over 100. 
but let us remember the soybean is running off of soil GDUs. So last Tuesday, for instance, while temperatures only made it to 70 degrees as far as air temperatures, the 2 degree soil temperature reached 85 degrees. Anytime soil temperatures get above 50 degrees, the soybean will grow a little. Now you may only get 0.3-0.5 GDUs per hour, but you'll get some growth as daytime temperatures get up into the 60s. So yes, you could see a few days earlier, earlier emergence planting this weekend compared to the end of next week. Is that enough to make a difference? Hmm, probably not. But there is going to be a difference. The bigger question is can you plant beans and corn at the same time? Some guys, uh, they not only have a bean and a corn planter, but they have crews to run them at the same time. In this situation, it may not make any difference. If you have one planter or a limited crew, so you can only plant either corn or beans, you may want to get the beans done so you're ready for the corn when conditions improve. Another thing to consider is rain delays. If Tuesday's rain knocks you out into next week and next week's rain knocks you out into the following week, the window may be closing to get your full season beans to flower as early as we'd like. Another question coming in a number of times uh, in the past four or five days, would you plant the light timber soils first or go with the heavy darker soils? Well, personally, I would go with the heavier soils. The upside gain is higher. Now, when it comes to light soils, the question is, are you ready and willing to protect the stand if things go south? My growers who successfully farm light timber soils own rotary hoes and they use them. Not only do they use them, they use them quick when they can do some good. If you farm some light timber soils that has a tendency to run together when it rains and you don't own a hoe or do not plan on ever running one, if things go south, my advice would be don't plant those fields early. If you know how and are willing to run a hoe, go ahead and plant them. Now while the planting conditions are really good in these light timber soils. Again, early planting soybeans comes with some risk. If you're new to the concept and the thought of the risk brings a lot of stress, start small until you're comfortable and more familiar with the risk. A lot of you had your soybean checked for cold germ and most of the samples look good, but a stray few did come back with low cold scores. I would not plant these beans early even if they had an SDS treatment. The bigger question is what to do about corn planting next week. Some of you made up your mind you're not going to push conditions when it comes to planting corn. Instead, you would plant beans and then when the soil was fit, you go plant corn. The problem is you now have all your beans planted and conditions still are not the best for planting corn. Can you stomach not planting corn while your neighbors are running? Now remember, you have your beans planted already. 
So that takes some of the pressure off of how fast you need to plant your corn. When conditions are right for corn, we need to plant corn. If we cannot plant both, we need to stop planting beans and plant corn. When I look at the forecast, I do not see any good corn planting conditions in the next two weeks. I know waiting that long for most of you is just not in the cards. And what if May turns out to be wet and we can't get planted? Everyone must look at their own operation. How many days do you need to get your corn planted? If the answer is 15 to 20 good running days, you probably have no choice but to push conditions or you're going to be planting a lot of corn outside of the sweet spot. If the answer is 5 to 7 good running days, pressure is a lot less. Finding that many days in May is usually not a problem. Let us break it down so we can feel comfortable with what we decide to do. First, we only mud corn in for insurance purposes. While you can get away with just about murder on beans, you don't mud corn in for yield no matter what the calendar says. Next week, that'll probably not be the case. Many of you are reporting excellent soil moisture conditions, maybe even too dry conditions in some cases. When planting corn, our goal for an A-plus rating, or the coveted attaboy, is to have only a drop of 6% from planted population to harvest ear count. While this is a hard goal to hit, many growers do achieve it. To do this, planter settings and planter conditions need to be right on. You need to bring your A-game to corn planting. The soil temperatures for the first 48 hours your corn is in the ground when it starts to swell, as it takes on water, dictate how much seed chilling you're going to deal with. When soil water temperatures are 50 degrees and above, the seed swells, and as the seed swells, the cells in the seed have elasticity. But when water temperatures are 50 and below, we have less elasticity and the cells have a tendency to tear as they're imbibing water. This cell tearing is what we call seed chilling. Seeds with seed chilling will show up in different ways. Some will throw a seed root and no shoot. Others will throw a shoot and no roots. Still others just hardly germinate or die quickly. The most common symptom is that corkscrewing and leafing out underground due to disoriented mesocotyls. Seed chilling can take out 5 to 15% of the stand. Last year is more like 15 plus. Now this doesn't mean a 5 to 15% yield loss. Many seed chilled plants die, leaving a gap in the row that allows neighboring plants to put on bigger ears, especially if they are flexed-eared hybrids, uh, less likely in a determinate hybrid. A 5 to 15% drop in your plant stand will not be noticed from the road and in most cases not walking the fields unless you're doing early stand counts and comparing them to your planted population. The first week in April we were able to get corn swelled before temperatures dropped. Once the seed is swelled you're actually beyond the risk of seed chilling. Next week will be prime for seed chilling. 
As I look at the hourly soil temperatures here Friday, soil temperatures were below 50 degrees in the Champaign area for six hours. Closer to Streeter, they were below 50 degrees for 11 hours. Temperatures as low as 41 degrees. While seed chilling can happen at 50 degrees, it ramps up pretty strong when we get at 45 degrees or lower. Next week looks considerably cooler. Remember, it's the first 48 hours of cedar in the ground, not the forecast five days from now that you're paying attention to for seed chilling. Once we get the seed chilling issues next week, <clears throat> what we worry about is getting the spike down plant. So once we get by the seed chilling and we accept it, we have to worry about spike down plants emerging in time so they're not weeds. Plant spike, planted spike down will take usually an additional 24 to 48 hours for the spike down to make that turn and reach the surface compared to a spike up plant. But if this happens within that 48 hour window, there's little effect on yield. When soils are cold, like last year, it could take two weeks longer for spike down plants to emerge compared to spike up. Last year when we were digging up lady mergers that showed up 45 days after planting, almost everyone was spiked out. Spike down plants will emerge, but if they get more than a collar behind the other plants, they won't put on an ear. Again, spike down plants will not be visible from the road. It will be noticed in your early scouting reports as lady mergers. Losing the ears on your spike down plants can take out 10 to 15% of your ear count. This 10 to 15% drop is a lot more costly to yield because these plants do not produce a harvestable ear, but they use up water, nutrients, and sunlight at the same time while not letting the neighboring plants flex out and make up for a missing plant. The corn we planted last week bypassed the seed chilling, but it'll have to deal with the late emerging spike down plants. Corn planted next week, next week will deal with both seed chilling and late emerging spike down plants due to the lack of temperatures in the two-week forecast. Last year, losing ears on our spike down plants in many fields hit the 15% mark this did pull 15 to 20 bushel out of our yield, and that was before we got to the dry August. To get around both seed chilling and losing spike down plants, based on our current forecast, we're looking at that last week in April, first week in May. Now, as Thomas says, a rain forecast more than three days out involves a lot of guessing, but there's a lot of confidence in the two-week temperature forecast. Now the good news is seed chilling and late emerging spike down plants are not visible to your neighbors. And if you're not doing stand counts versus ear counts yourself, you will not notice it. So in that case, hammer it out. But if you're trying to maintain the 6% drop from planting to final ear count, and you do routine stand versus ear counts, you'll notice it. Everyone must assess their own risk and make their call 
on what to do next week. In assessing that risk, think like things like how many days does it take to plant my corn? What do my landlord and farm managers think if I'm not planting the, their crop when the neighbors are all planting theirs? How good is my seed quality? Here, when we're talking about seed quality, we're looking at saturated cold and accelerated aging scores. Most of the samples that we ran through here this spring were in good shape, but like every year, some of them just tanked. Poor scoring seed lots should not be planted next week. Once you have put all this into your decision making, you can say, I know all the risk associated with planting next week for my farm operation, and I made the call this way because... Do not ignore the risk, and when I'm in the field this summer, act surprised at how far off your ear count is and blame it on your seed supplier. When you tell me ahead of time before entering the field that your ear counts are not where you'd like them to be, but you assessed the risk and made the call to plant corn and were willing to accept what you got, that tells me that the call... You made the call for your own reasons and you knew your own risk. Now, I have no problem with that. Hammer down. Life is about accepting risk. Just don't drive 85 mile an hour on a road posted 55 and then act surprised when you get a ticket. Know the risk. One last thing to think about. In the areas that didn't get rain last week, be careful with your soil moisture. If we miss the rain next Tuesday, getting enough water to germinate, seed could get tricky in this conventional till. Keep those cultivators close to the planer. <laughs> I, I can hear it now. Ken, if there's no water in the soil, we don't have to worry about seed chilling. <laughs> While we never mud corn in, corn and dry dirt is a mess just as well. <laughs> I better get off of here. By the time you get done listening to this podcast, it'll be the first week in May. Crews are hard at the spring regular testing and the ISNT testing for the VRT programs. So again, get your orders in for the testing, and while they're in their area, they can clean yours up. So good luck next week. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.